Greeting this morning in that precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's like my water man showed up early. Thank you, Bryson. Didn't have to ask for it. Uh, as always, yeah, I, I think maybe we should forget who has devotions a little more often. I don't know how you felt this morning, but I was blessed by the sharing time and how people open up. I, that's... The unroutine thing is a good thing, I think, when we have to, when we are moved in our spot to share exactly what God has done in our lives, that's really what it's all about. I think no one is above anyone else, and it's, yeah, it's, there. everybody has experiences in life, and when we share those for what they're worth and what they mean to us and how they move us in our hearts, I think God is blessed by that, and it helps us grow. It helps us to become what God wants us to be and, and where he wants us. But yeah, as I was thinking about sharing this morning and where to go, and I want to continue in the commandments of Jesus, I had skipped over that the last time I preached. I preached about um, being bought with a price. I felt like God was calling me to that, but I want to go back to the commandments of Jesus and I want to look at, if you want to turn your Bibles to Matthew 11. Um, I'm not going to go through the list of them all, the ones that I have already completed. Maybe at the end I will, but not today. Uh, simply because yeah, there's too many. There's quite a few of them there in the line. Uh, but I have. But there's there's actually two of them or three of them that I have. And as I was thinking about the first one, he says, "Come unto me." If we may read the we may read the scripture first, and then so Matthew 11 verses 28 through 30. Very familiar scripture. Most people can probably memorize this by heart. I can probably almost say it in German yet. I don't know, that's probably one of the most quoted German verses that you hear in, in, at, at church. I, I, I don't know if I can, I better not try to say it, I might embarrass myself, but I, I can just, that, that, that verse rings in my ear. I can just hear that they said it and they said it and they said it. And yeah, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a very familiar scripture, but it says like this, come unto me. This is Jesus talking and, and yeah, we'll talk about the context here as I, after I read it. Come unto me, all ye that are labor, that labor, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, and I, I think I, I had actually, there was, there was early on in Jesus' ministry, maybe like just as he started preaching, I actually had I talked about this commandment come unto me, or I think, or actually follow me. That was the words he used. So really it kind of means this is all in the kind of the same, it's, it's the same commandment, I guess, but still there's, this is in a different setting. I think in the beginning was for whenever he was getting his followers or his, um, his original disciples to come unto him and the ones that, that were to follow him. But in this setting, if you go back and read the scripture and the commentaries on it, <coughs> And I was unaware of this, of the context that this was this was happening in here. Jesus is actually talking, and, and you know, we, we use it as people that are struggling, and I think it can be that. Like someone that's struggling with something, or if you're you're down and out, or you're you're going through a hard time in life. And Jesus, and he I think I can you I think you can apply it in that way. But in context, in what was going on here, the, these these you know, you read the story of Jesus and you read of how the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you know, what he was preaching and what he was teaching and 
the things that he was saying was not quite according to the law of Moses. There were some things that he was saying and preaching that were basically contrary to what they knew from little up, what they were taught all through their life. It was ingrained in their mind. And, if it, and again, if you go there now, these Orthodox Jews, the ones that do not believe in Jesus, but they still they do the children of Israel thing, the thing that's been passed down through the years all the way up till now. They keep that to the truest of their heart. And I think the Pharisees and Sadducees, I don't think they had any evil in mind what they were doing. I think what they thought what they were doing was they thought was right in their mind. They thought they were doing what God had commanded them, and it probably was. But they was unaware that this man was the Messiah. This man, Jesus, that was doing these teaching was the man that they were looking for. They were unaware of that, I believe. But so, you know, they put a lot of pressure on Jesus. They, 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 would, they would try to trap him with different things, different schemes and skeptics and trying to, you know, kind of get him in a box and then they would get, just, just pound him and, you know, try to prove him wrong and put pressure on him. But I don't know if you ever thought about it or not, but I think there was people that followed. You know, he says here, come unto me, or, you know, in the beginning he said, follow me. So I think these followers of Jesus also experienced the same ridicule and the same uh, opposition and the same pressure from these Jewish leaders, the ones that were trying to implement the law of Moses at that time yet. So in the, in the context here that Jesus is talking about, if you go back and look and yeah, if you read, study, study it out a little bit, I think that's what he's talking about. He's telling these, these people or anybody, you know, we're talking about it in our world today, but he's, he's saying, in that day, come unto me, all you that are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. And the, 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 the Amplified Version will read it to this way, all you that are weary and heavily burdened by religious rituals that provide no peace, I will give you rest and refreshing your souls with salvation. He was calling the people to come. It was an invitation. It was a it was a a, uh, a wanting them to come to him, knowing that that is the only way that you're going to get rest is through him. I want to look at two other scriptures. It's in John six verses thirty five to forty, where Jesus also gives extends this invitation, or he talks about coming to him. But John six verse thirty five through forty, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. And he that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you also have seen me and you believe not. And that the Father giveth me, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And I think that that's a promise that, you know, as Merlin was sharing about praying this morning and that being the first priority of when, when we're, whatever's going on in our life, that we go to prayer. And I think sometimes, I don't know, maybe you've never been to this position, but sometimes you almost feel like you pray, but it almost feels like, Jesus, are you even hearing me? Like, do you really hear what I'm saying? Like, are you getting this? I mean, I really need something here. I think this, this we can take this, this scripture here as a promise that Jesus gives us. He says that, but I say unto you, uh, now let's go in, in verse 37, all the, that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. 
So that, and, and yeah, this is the only one instance. There's many more through here where he gives that promise where he will never forsake us. He's there. Do we have faith in that? Are we believing that? Are we opening ourselves to him as we come to him? For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing. But I should raise up again in the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I will rise up. I will rise him up at the last day. And over in John 14, verses 6 and 7. You don't have to turn there. You can, whatever you would like. Again, Jesus extends this offer, and he extends this thing of come unto me. Come to me. You can say, sometimes you, I, I, was, I was talking about, is this a commandment? I was, as I was thinking about sharing this, is this a command or an invitation? But there's so many things that Jesus teaches that we, we, we kind of take it as a command, but it's an invitation, really. And that's what it is here. He's, you know, it's, it's a commandment that he's given us, but it's an invitation. It's a, it's a willing. You, you can do this. It's not something thou shall. It's come unto me. He, he asked it, and it's your choice to do it. Verses 6 to 7, Jesus said unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no man come unto the Father but by me. And if you had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And again, I think he's just acknowledging here again that, you know, we can try many ways to reach heaven. We can try many things, but there's only one way. There's only one way, and that's simply by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died for our sins and had him as our personal Savior, and that he has forgiven our sins. If you don't have that this morning, and you don't believe in that this morning, the Bible says you're not going to heaven. That's, that's not my words. That's what Scripture says. And I think that's where these Sadducees and the Pharisees were struggling with. It was, that's against contrary to what they knew. Like this was not the Messiah they were looking for, so therefore they missed the words. Like it was actually, it was it 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 created a, a turmoil inside of them. It created anger almost. It it infuriated them because this guy's going against what what they were teaching. But Jesus says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden." He was giving these people an invitation, and I think he's given us one. I will give you rest. And in verse twenty nine, he gives us two more commandments. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. What's he mean when he says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me? I think, again, the context here is when he talks about yoke, um, we don't know much of yokes. Maybe we see some hanging around. We may know what it looks like in a picture. But in the time that, that he's talking about here, I think oxen were a thing of use. He talks often in the Bible about oxen. That was their source of farming, their source of doing whatever. So it was, a, it was a sense in the people when he taught this understood what he meant when he said, take my yoke upon you. As, you. as you go, as you do life, as you walk through life, as you work, as you do whatever you're doing, the yoke, you, it, was a, it was a picture of, of busy. It was a picture of going to work. When you put my yoke upon you and learn of me, learn of me. And I think it would do me well, and all of us well, that we continue to learn of Jesus, learn of his ways, learn of, because in, in all reality, that's when we call ourselves 
Christians, that's what we are. Heard the illustration given, we're like little Christ. That's our desire, we'll never become that, but that's what we, and I'm not saying that in a negative sense, but I'm saying that as in, as we, as we become like, more like Christ, and Dave Miller says it this way, you move from glory to glory to glory, never attaining to the glory of glories, but you continue to grow. You continue to get more like Christ every day. You know, sometimes there's never this plateau area of where this must be as good as I can do and as good as I can get, and that's all it is. I don't think we'll ever reach that. We need to continue to work. We're still in imperfection. We're still, we're still human beings, but we are saved by His grace if we have Him as our personal Savior. So there, there's not, yeah, there, there's, there's kind of a mixed picture there. If you look at it in one way, it's like, well, I'll never, I can never get there. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is don't ever let yourself get to the point where you feel like, now, this is, this is it. This is it's just, I'm here, and then we're just going to move over here to heaven. And then that's, that's not, I don't think it's what Jesus did. He, he wants us to continue to grow learning. He says, learn of me. And he goes on to say, for I am meek and I am lowly at heart, lowly in heart that you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. The life to living to follow Jesus is not hard. He tells us that in other scriptures as well. He says that his commandments are not burdensome. He says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I may read the Amplified Version in those two verses. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Following me as my disciple. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest, renewal, blessed and quiet for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden is light. My burden is light. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden. The second one that I would like to look at is over in Luke 8, verses 26 to 39. Luke 8, verses 26 to 39. It's, I want to read this whole passage. Um, another one where I think, yeah, as Merlin was sharing this morning, I think I was again reminded of my own life. How often do I, how often do I do this? How often is this, is this part of my everyday life that I practice what Jesus asked this man to do? We're going to start reading verse 29, or 26, sorry, down to 39. I'm going to read the, the passage and then we're going to explain. And they arrived at a country in the Gardenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he had, when he went forth, to the land, there met he out of the city a certain man which had devils long time and wore no clothes, and neither abode in any house, but he in the he in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, he fell down before him with a loud voice, and he said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he commanded the unclean spirit to come out from that man, and for oftentimes it had caught him. And he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and the breaks, and he brake the bands, and was driven of the devils into the wilderness. There's a little picture that I would like to look at right here, maybe before we keep going, but how, of how this demon manifests himself to Jesus. Do you realize? Did you notice here how this this man that was possessed with this demon? He was aware of who Jesus was. He 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 was. He immediately said, "Jesus, thou Son of God, the Most High." But yet he was possessed with this, de with this demon that was continually uh, 
torment him and then had him in bondage. And it was, yeah, I don't know what, I, the picture says here that he wore no clothes and it said that he, he abode in no houses. He slept in the graveyard. You know, in our eyes, man, that guy is weird. He's got some mental problems. Or does he? Or does he? I think Jesus says here, no, that's not what was going on. There's something deeper than a mental problem. The devil himself, his demons, had done implemented this man. But just the thought of how this man, possessed with, these de with the demons, he realized who Jesus was. And I think it immediately, it, 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 you know, he, he, he thought Jesus was going to come at him. He said, I beseech thee, torment me not. Anyway, going on in verse 30, and Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they, they besought him that he would not command them, they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there were there, and I heard many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. And then, then went the devils out of the man, and they entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and were choked. And when they that fed them saw that was done, they fled and they went and they told it, in the city and in the country. And then they went out to see what was done. Then they went out to see what was done and, they, and came to Jesus and they found the man out of whom the devils were departed. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. It totally freaked them out. These demons went out of this man and it went. Another thing that, that in this, that's kind of ironic in this passage of scripture I don't know how you read it but as I, as I was studying at this time as I was thinking about this message um, herd of swine when you go to Israel you eat no pork there's no pork is a thing of I don't, I don't know if you can find it there you might be able to I don't know if the uh, maybe the Arabs would have it but you will not find pork in a Jewish setting it's not you don't eat that so I'm, this must be I don't know if this was wild swine like it, it, that's caught, and it's nothing, yeah, it's kind of a side note, but I wonder why the swine was there. Like, was this wild swine or what? I mean, I always thought about a guy out there who had a herd of pigs, and he's taking care of them, and this demon ran over there, and the guy lost a whole herd of pigs. But I don't, I don't know that that's what was going on, because they were not, they were forbidden to eat swine. That was, that was unclean meat. You, you couldn't, you weren't supposed to eat pigs. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. And you know, if you go back to the, uh, you go back to the parable, which I know it's a parable, but it talks of the the uh, prodigal son. Jesus also in that parable talked about the the man, the boy was went, you know, he was in with the swine and he was eating the husk. So I, I don't know. I'm just it's just something that I I thought about. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where that all comes to. But anyway, it went. This thing went into these swine and the people that came out to see apparently didn't realize who Jesus completely was because it said that they were afraid. They also, which saw it, they told them by what means that he was possessed with devils and was healed. And the whole multitude of the country and the guardians round about, they besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship, and he returned back again. Now the man of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thy own house, 
and show how great things God has done unto thee. And that's the commandment I want to look at. But before I look at that, I want to go back. I want to go back three scriptures again. Where he talks about here. Whenever these people come out, they were afraid. What was, they, they seen what had happened. It freaked them out. And it said, The whole order to the country guardians around besought him to depart from them. Leave. Get out of here. We don't want you here. You are freaky. You're weird. There's stuff going on. We don't, we don't want you here. You go and study the times when Jesus, when he, or even the disciples in Luke 9, when he sent them out, whenever they started, when they speak healing and people got, there was, there was healing that took place, that is when, that, I don't know what's about that, but there's something about that that, that it, it, every time they, throw, they drove them out. Everything was fine until they started healing someone. And when somebody was healed, go, go study, go look at it. Well, you'll find it. It's pretty regular in Scripture. When, 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 the, when the people started healing someone, they were driven out. And again here, Jesus healed this man, drove the demon out of him. And it said here that the whole garden did around about. They besought him to depart from them. We want you to get out of here. You're, you're not, we don't know what you're doing. But the man that, that the demons were, were drove out from, it said that he came back. And he besought Jesus. Jesus told him, return to thy own house and show how great things that God hath done to thee. And he went away and he published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And I, I don't know what picture you get when you read this, but I guess that, that's, this, is the, this is the thing that I was thinking about that, and I said that I struggle with sometimes in life. You, how often do I share my testimony with people of what Jesus has done for me? Or how often do you? I think, I think when, we, when we have that encounter with Jesus Christ and we truly, we, we, it truly happens within, we can't, we can't be still about it. You know, we, we can try to hide it. We can try to condense it. We can try to crunch it down. We can try to hold it back. But when we really have an encounter with Jesus Christ, you, you, you can't, just like Dennis, with, with, you know, you was in with that alcoholic. I, I'm sure there was probably a little bit of fear, man, that kept creeping in. I don't really want to stand up for what I believe in, what Jesus teaches, you know, what Jesus does to me. But yet, you, you can't hold it back because Jesus set you free. He saved you. He died for you. He gave his blood for you. And when you, when, when you have that encounter and you have that realization, then I think, and you know, the apostles in, in, in the, uh, or his disciples in the early church, I think that's what was going on there. You know, I was going to look at Acts 5 just a little bit in, in this, or Acts 4, Acts 4.20, when Peter and John said they answered, that they were, they were getting accused here. Um, again, I think they might have healed a person here, if I'm not mistaken. Might be the wrong, that might be the wrong scripture. I'm not sure if I read the context earlier. Maybe somebody knows. But anyway, I'm, I, I think that's what happened. But in, at, at any rate, in verse 19, they, you know, they brought Peter and John in front of all the elders and the, 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 the high priest and whatever else, not Caiaphas, and the, the people that were in charge, the religious leaders. They brought them in front of there, and they, they, they want to know about what power you're doing this. And ask him a couple other questions. And in verse 18, they said, and they called them, and they commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But what did Paul, and, or what did Peter and John say? They answered, they said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to, whether, 
it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. We cannot. Is that what's going on in our life this morning? Is that what's going on in my life? Am I speaking the things that I've seen and heard? Has there something happened in my life? Has there a true meeting with Jesus Christ? And if that's, if that's what has transpired, then I, don't, I think we're the same with Peter and John. There's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And I believe it has some connection. I believe it has some connection with the Scripture, and I'm not sure where it's found, but it talks about once you have tasted the grace of God, truly tasted the grace of God, I, I, this is my own words, I'm not exactly sure how the Scripture reads, but it talks about falling away. There, it's basically saying that it's not possible for that guy to be brought back. It's in Hebrews, maybe. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense or not. But I think once you've tasted that thing and you really had an experience, I'm not saying you can't fall away. I'm not saying that. Obviously, you can. Uh, I'm, I mean, that, that can happen. But I think when we have truly had an experience with him, we can't be quiet about it. You know, we can't be condensed. We can't be... Uh, we'll want to go share. We'll want to do that thing that Jesus commanded that the, the man to do that, that had the demons cast out. But yeah, as I bring this to a close, I just want to thank you guys for your tenderness. And yeah, as I guess as I think about sharing this message, it's for my own life, first of all, that I that I come into Jesus as him first and only. And then, yeah, as I share my testimony with people I come in contact with, that was, yeah, as Marlon was sharing about sharing with the man that worked for him, you know, that's, sometimes we, it takes us a little bit to, to get that things started or that routine started I don't know how it was with you guys when you got married or whatever but that first night when you sat together with your wife you come from this family and she comes from this family and how are we going to do this thing called life what are we what are we going to do how are we going to pray when are we going to have devotion it's it's kind of an uh, you know it's kind of a wading into new water territory I mean I'm not saying nothing new you've all been there uh, you've been married sometime along the line but you know what I mean? There's there's this thing of it's something different. It's it's not our it's not it's not something a routine. And I think that's just like that with sharing with Jesus Christ. Once we once we make that part of our life, once we make that a routine, make that something we just do, then it becomes automatic. It's not it's not weird. It's not it doesn't have a awkward feeling. And there's no fear there because there's a true passion within. It's not manufactured. It's something that's actually burning in your heart. It has to be burning in your heart or it has no value. People can smell that out like a rat if they know that you're manufacturing something and making it appear like you had an encounter. So it needs to be something that's burning within. But yeah, as I come to, I just want to again wish the Lord's blessing. May we come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord. I thank you so much for the many blessings that you bestowed upon us. Thank you for guiding and directing us and teaching us, Lord. Thank you for just your faithfulness in life. And Lord, as you give us that invitation to come unto you, Lord, I just pray tonight or this morning as we uh, go through life and as we go through different things in life and as whatever comes our way, that we would always heed to that, Lord, that we would come unto you. You tell us that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Lord, that is an invitation that, that of, of, a, of an easy life and a life that maybe not naturally or physically easy, but a life that is spiritually easy. And this morning, I just pray that you would just 
Now, Lord, help us to just refresh our and renew our experience with you. Lord, as we claim to be in this, you also care, uh, care with us to, to go and to spread your word and to give our testimony of what you've done in our own lives. I thank you so much for that redeeming grace and for those uh, for, for, for saving us and redeeming us from that awful place that you, that, of hell, Lord. And it's only by your blood and your redeeming grace that we can come to you. And this morning we thank you for that. Thank you for the cost that you give for our saved this morning. Lord, just praise you and bless you. Thank you again for your faithfulness. Let's pray for each person this morning as we go from here and as we go through the coming week. Help us to be a light and a salt and a testimony for your holy name, Lord. We love you. We praise you. We're going to ask for your forgiveness, Lord, in our prayer. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.